Hey, Bree, how's it going? Hey, Jackie. Good. How are you? I am. I'm good and scared because I really value our friendship and I know about many of your interests and passions. And I have a movie that I have not seen that directly aligns with one of your interests and passions. And I'm concerned that you will not even want to talk to me after I tell you this. Oh, I'm so very nervous. Okay. All right, hit me. So it's it's a it's a movie. I know you're very into Broadway musicals, but it is the movie Little Shop of Horrors. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm mostly sad for you. Oh no. Everyone gets that's like the reaction is either like, how could you not? Or I'm so sad for you from my all my friends on this show. I'm going to go ahead, though, and take it one step further and say that uh, you've admitted your mistake. And so therefore, this is exciting for you because this means you get to watch it. Yes, I am excited. I I really don't have anyone that could better take on this challenge of walking me through my first. Well, I did do Wizard of Oz, but my first real like musical movie on this show. So kind of exciting. I, I'm excited for you. I only know... That this is about a big, like, Venus flytrap thing. I'm going to guess that's evil. And I only know – I do know the Little Shop of Horrors, like, oh, 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 song because that's always on, like, Halloween Pandora. So <laughs> I do know one of the songs in this show. Okay. That's an important one. It's the title, the title theme. Yeah, I figured it was a pretty, pretty solid song to know from this, uh, this show. But otherwise, I have no idea what I'm about to get into. Oh, it's going to be fun. You're about 90% of the way there with the evil talking plant. So you're going to love it. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to go, I don't know, grow a flower, flower, flower shopping. I mean, you certainly, certainly could. You might want to rethink that decision after. You know what? I'm just going to let you know. I'm going to go watch it and make your own decision. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, going to go watch this movie now. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to Jackie Watches Stuff. This is a podcast chronicling my cinematic quest to finally watch the movies I probably should have already seen, and I'm bringing my friends along with me. Feed me. (laughs) Feed me, Krellborn. Feed me now. This was a very evil plant, Brie. I was not ready. (laughs) You going to grow that flower or what? Woo, no thank you. I am good. This is why I buy fake plants. I'm just saying. I always mm-hmm. get fake plants. Wow. That was a lot, but it was really fun. Oh, isn't it though? I'm so glad you watched it. It was very, very fun. How, when was the – well, did you see the stage version of this or the movie first? Um, so real talk, uh, this movie is a huge part of my childhood. I actually – for the show, rewatched it myself from a DVD that I ripped from a VHS that I, I had love that. From a years ago. Um, and I feel like this is a bad thing to be saying literally four seconds into the conversation, but I saw the movie first a million times and then okay. finally went to go see the stage show when I was in like middle school and it just, it blew my mind because the ending is like totally different. Oh, really? See, I was going to ask because yeah. I have obviously not seen either. Mm-hmm. And I figured there was a difference between 
the musical and the movie. I was trying to figure out this is like a movie based on a musical based on a movie based on a book based on another book. It's like a bunch of like this plot (laughs) is not new, I guess. I had no idea. Yes, a very storied past here. Uh, They came a long way to get Rick Moranis and Ellen Green together. I mean, Rick Moranis singing is just all I needed, really. Oh, man, he's like... He's not great, but he's he's good enough for my for me, man. He's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm glad I was able to watch it. I did not know this meant this was such an important movie to you. So I'm glad to have you to talk about this wonderful piece of film. And again, Rick Ryan is singing. Like <laughs> Chef Kiss, Chef Kiss. So good. So good. <laughs> can I attempt a 30-second recap and have you time me? I mean, you can try it. Uh-oh. I'm ready when you are. All right, count me in. All right, hold on. Three, two, one, hit it. Okay, there's a dude. His name is Seymour. He's an orphan, and he works in a flower shop that isn't doing too great, but he finds a super unique plant and puts it in the window so that it will attract all the customers, and he learns that the plant needs blood to stay alive and grows, but it grows way too big, and the plant starts talking and convinces him to kill someone to bring it more food, so he does that, and it ends up being his coworker's boyfriend that he was kind of terrible, and he also has a crush on the coworker, and then a lot of scary stuff happens, and it almost eats the girl Audrey that Seymour loves, but then at the end, he defeats the plant, and they live happily ever after or do they because there was an ominous cliffhanger (laughs) the end question mark question mark (laughs) small singing flower at the end nice i think i said i think i said guy like a hundred times and i'm super sorry everyone mostly about a guy man i have been going too long yeah guy and his plant i guess this is this is pretty crazy. So did you enjoy the film version or the musical version more? I feel like I know the answer. Um, oh, uh, now I feel like I have to give you the right answer. To no, no, no. So There's hard. no right answer. It's your feelings. <laughs> I prefer the film. Is it because I you just, watched it 6,000 times? It perhaps. But also, like, oh, my gosh, the quick changes and the cinematography and, like, the shots they get and the choreography. It just, oh, it's so good. It was was stellar. I did not know I was going to see Rick Moranis. I did not know who was in this film, to be honest with you. Uh, So when I saw him at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm ready. I am ready (laughs) to hang out with Rick Moranis for the next hour and a half and hear him sing about a evil plant. This is very, very fun. The I wanted to talk about the women in the beginning of this film. I was very jealous because, as you know, Brie, my hair and any sort of humidity and water do not mix. And these <laughs> women are stunning. They're great singers. And they get rained on and don't get wet at all. Yes. And it's part of the, the magic of this film. I guess uh, I read when they were making it, they have like a like a disc that's hanging over their head to protect them from the rain because they're supposed to not get wet. It's supposed to be magical. Oh, wait, really? I just yeah. thought it was like bad like editing or whatever that I was like, oh, look, they're still dry. They're not getting wet, so it's so cool. Oh, no, no. I love that. Yeah, because they're like the- – I didn't realize they were going to be like kind of – I don't want to call them the narrators. What, what were, were they called something? So I've heard them called the Greek chorus. I usually refer to them as the urchins because um, I know that in some forms of the stage show, they're sort of uh, cast in the playbill as like the street urchins. So I kind of categorize them as that just to kind of keep it straight Uh, in my head. Um, But yeah, that's it. 
Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, they're like pseudo narrators, but not really, because they're also in this world, but they also are stunning, beautiful singing women that wear nice clothes. So it's oh, an interesting costume. I love it. It's so nice. That, and you understand that the uh, like the the what do they call them? You understand that the hoodlums that were hanging outside the flower shop are the same like yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. That was they pretty cool. So Sometimes it's hard to be able to tell, but oh my gosh. That, yeah, they make it pretty obvious. I forgot when. I think maybe it's when they – it's towards the end when actually they remind Audrey that, like, she can basically do better and this dude's a jerk. And that's <laughs> when they really – I think they do a little transition of, like, hey, if you didn't figure it out by now, these are the same people. But, yes, I did catch up on uh, catch on that. So I was very proud of myself for doing that. Good work. Good work. Uh, but, yeah, so it starts with them being wonderful and dweeby Rick Moranis showing up and very – Finn and I'm still seeing him as Honey I Shrunk the Kids, but I also saw him this season as or last season and Jackie watches stuff as Spaceballs, like Big Helmet in Spaceballs. Oh, so yeah. I've just seen a lot of him lately. Um, I feel like I feel like Little Shop Rick Moranis is in my head pretty similar to Honey I Shrunk the Kids Rick Moranis. Yes. Like mm-hmm. it was a very easy leap for me to make to be like, oh yeah, he's similar to Crowborn. Yep. That makes sense. Well, there's even a scene where like his glasses, I think it's like, I don't even remember if it's an explosion or something, but his glasses get like knocked askew and he like has this dumb look on his face. And that was very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids like mm-hmm. vibe. So, you know, if you can get typecast for cool stuff, just own it. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Speaking of typecasting, can we talk about Ellen Green for a second? Yes. I would love to hear you talk about Ellen Green. I did not know about Ellen Green until watching this film, but I feel like you know a lot about her. <laughs> I do, probably because uh, she originated the role of Audrey in the off-Broadway production that was based on the movie that was based on the book that was based on the book, mm-hmm. um, and made the transition into the, the motion picture for it. Uh, I think that her Audrey talking voice is hilarious and wonderful and so perfect. I think that her Audrey singing voice drives me up an F wall. Yes, I want to talk about this for okay, sure. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, those are basically my thoughts. I, I love everything about her performance until she starts to belt. And then I'm like, honey, what you doing? So my opinion, and I can't prove this because I didn't try to find any other like uh, video clips of Ellen Green singing something not as Audrey. Her, I understand her voice as this character. It actually drove me crazy, but like I get it. Um, but I think what she, I think the problem for her, I feel like Ellen Green is actually a very good singer, but she was trying to sing like Audrey would sing, which is impossible to mm-hmm. sound not like nails on a chalkboard. And so you can hear it sometimes like her her natural, like not terrible singing voice like shines through when she's belting and she's trying to pull it back and be this like squeaky Audrey, but it just doesn't work. Like it just does not work. It's like you can't, you just either Audrey has to have a really, really like beautiful out of nowhere singing voice or we need to make her sound like nails on a chalkboard, which I would not recommend. Yes. No, I totally agree. If I if I took just the notes she hits and I listened to those like on one wavelength and then 20 minutes later I sat down and I listened to her talking, I'd be like, yes, these are two very, very good voices for what they're trying to do. Right. When you try to slam them together and like one syllable is this and the next syllable is that, yeah. it just gets it all sorts of messy. Well, when she tries to – not tries. I shouldn't say tries. When they have her belting a very emotional song about what she wants in this world – 
you mm-hmm. can't do that while you're squeaking. Like you just, it's just very challenging. And so it just, ugh. yeah, I, I very much agree. That was one of my notes. Like what is happening? What are we trying to make her do? But I did and, not know. And yet, and yet she is like, she is Audrey. Like this role is iconic for her. As you can see, I mean, you look her up on the internet. It's all you can mm-hmm. find is uh, clips of her singing these songs. But yeah, I'm my favorite. And I don't know if she was in any other musicals, but um, yeah, it was great to see that she came from the off-Broadway cast into this film, which was interesting that there weren't more characters that did that, especially in singing roles. But yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if, and I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm wondering if there, it was just the times they weren't doing the sort of movie musical thing back then. And so you didn't go looking for Broadway stars to be in your movies. I don't know. I'm totally just guessing. Yeah. Who knows? But speaking of Audrey, um, interesting character, just generally, uh, aside from her squeaky voice, um, (laughs) we learn real, real early that she's uh, pretty much getting physically abused by her boyfriend and her boss, Mr. Mushnick, really cares about Audrey, clearly, because every time they talk, he's like, your boyfriend's an idiot. You should dump him. So mm-hmm. it's very thoughtful, I guess. Yeah, Mr. Mushnick is one that I, I can't get a good handle on because he's he's saying the right things most of the time, but then also he doesn't do super nice things a lot of the time. Right. I don't know. I feel very, I feel very like nothing for him. Yeah, he doesn't develop much either as a character. I mean, yeah. we have some character we have good character development from Seymour, from Audrey. I guess you could argue Audrey too. Maybe there's some character development there. <laughs> Possibly. Yes, there's some development of some kind. <laughs> yes, yeah, something develops. He technically does grow, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he I think Mushnick just needs to be not the foil, but He's he, you need another body there to get between Audrey and Seymour and say the things that neither Audrey nor Seymour would ever say. Because Seymour mm-hmm. would never come up to Audrey and be like, your boyfriend's the worst and you need to dump him right now. Like he's he's very meek and dweeby and and wouldn't say that to her. So. Right. Goodness. Uh, and then after the we've already had one musical number, we go into another. I assume it's called Downtown. I didn't actually look up the. uh soundtrack after i watched the show but i assume it's called downtown where they talk I'm about a, skid I'm row I think it, uh, yeah i think it depends upon which cd you pick up with which cast but on on my spotify playlist it is skid row parentheses <laughs> downtown close parentheses ah uh, gotcha gotcha so through this song we hear basically they break down that where they are right now where audrey and seymour and the shop are um is downtown skid row it's it's scummy it's dirty it's you know, what you would consider Skid Row to be. And then there's Uptown, which is like the better place. It's ritzy. It's it's glamorous. It's everyone wants to be there. Also, Rick Moranis sings, which I didn't know yeah. was a thing. Yes, indeed. Man. Man of many talents. Man of many yeah. talents. Shrinking his kids, singing the songs. I know. Goodness. Making the plants. Triple threat, man. Triple threat. <laughs> Great dad. Can take care of plants. Oh, yeah. Sing. For a second, I thought you meant in this movie, and I was like, oh. Uh. <laughs> which movie did you watch, Jackie? What are you talking about? No, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which will come later. Yes. yes. Um, um, no, but with the whole Uptown thing, uh, not everybody wants to go Uptown, though, because Audrey's all about 
getting out into the burbs. That is true. I couldn't quite tell if Uptown and what Audrey wanted were the same or if she was like, I just want to be Betty Crocker and live in a white picket fence house and, you know, with a lawn. I thought it was the latter. Got it. Okay. That's fair. It's always my assumption, but who knows? I mean, maybe Uptown of this magical city is just suburbia. Or that's what she envisions it to be? Because it sounds like this – it's it's kind of like once you're on Skid Row, you can't really get out. Like you're stuck here. At least that's mm-hmm. the vibe they give off. So I don't know. Yeah. And she, all she has in her head are these pictures that she's cut out from Better Homes and Gardens. Yeah. Her desires to, ha- to like basically just watch her husband mow the lawn and for her to – be a housewife oh, i mean oh and they go to bed in their separate twin beds oh. yes <laughs> it's so true i laughed at that and then their children look exactly like them and sh- the daughter has that ridiculous like bob wig on the blonde wig that uh ellen green is obviously wearing uh this small child is wearing the same thing oh yep. perfect perfect in every way uh but because they are on skid row the plant shop does it have a it's mushnik's flower shop yeah something like that yeah it was an it was a non-creative name it was not called the little shop of horrors no it was not for sure yes i did learn that quickly because that's what i thought it was going to be called and i was like oh we've pivoted my bad (laughs) never mind um so he needs to close or wants to close because they aren't making any money. And Seymour is like, I found this strange and interesting plant. Uh, and then explains in song that he found the plant because of the not total eclipse of the heart, total eclipse of the sun. Yes. And can we talk for one second about uh, about that song? Mm-hmm. Um, Dadu. Uh, so, so catchy. So wonderful. I love uh, it. Watching it again for the first time in a couple years. A little problematic. Um but yeah. are you going to talk about how it was a Chinese man and they say Changdu? Oh, Changdu. Uh, and yep. the, the urchins are all in their um, very stereotypical, I don't even know if it's Chinese, Japanese, whatever, stereotypical yep. Asian outfits. I'm yep. pretty sure they have chopsticks in their hair. Yep. 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 Oh, yep. It's so catchy and so fun. Yeah. It was great. If we just made a small, some small tweaks, it would be totally cool. But we just had a small little. A little error. We'll just call it an error. Yeah. Room for improvement. Right. I mean, just one. The, yeah. the whole movie is otherwise perfection. So. Exactly. Exactly. They can have one. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, he gets this plant and he names it Audrey, too. And I wrote a little heartbreak emoji when <laughs> and I wrote this in my notes. That's adorable. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, why, why are we? Why is the heart breaking? It just was like, I think it was more like. Oh my god, I'm I'm melting. That was so cute. I think it was like, oh god, how cute that he did that and named Audrey too. He's so dweeby. I know, and but also, you think about every other plant that has a name in the world, and it's some sort of like root of the Latin and the yes. genus and the species and whatever, whatever. Uh, and I can I'm just picturing like the media and the signage, and it all just yep. says. Audrey too. Audrey too. They nope. they accepted yeah. that as fact. <laughs> like we're discovering new plants now, and we name them correctly. But sure, Audrey too. Audrey too. No, it's not like you know some Latin sounding fancy thing. No. He just named it Audrey too. When I when he said he named it Audrey too, in my brain, I went to like a like a pet name, like how 
sometimes you will like you will name your cat or your dog or like if you get a plant you will name the plant or like your car or whatever and so in my head that's why he named it but then all of a sudden it was like look you can come see the audrey too and i'm like oh this changed <laughs> never mind that's what it's really going to be called okay i yep. love it let's keep going um but he nicks names it tui that's cute yeah that is cute <laughs> That's cute. Uh, it's adorable. So he puts Tui in the window, um, and it works really well because all these people walk in. And they're like, "That's such a unique and interesting plant," and it's very. Um, the acting is very over the top in this. Oh, in these that's the customer sleaze. Yes. Oh my god! Wow, what a strange and interesting plant. Wherever did you get it? And I don't know if that's supposed to be like mocking itself, or if that dude just isn't a stellar actor. I wasn't really sure what was happening there. Oh my gosh. I actually, I find it in my notes here. I wrote somewhere. Um, people coming into the store due to the plant comedy or plant power? Question mark. Because I was like, oh. there's no way that this one, like this coffee can in the window, and artist like, oh my gosh, it's so peculiar. I wasn't sure if it was just for comedic effect or if the plant is doing something to like draw people in. Maybe it was comedy because even i remember audrey saying that's such a strange and interesting plant or something like that or like where did you find that strange and unique plant or whatever so i'm wondering if they just were shoving that phrase everywhere they possibly could in the crevices of of this dialogue mm-hmm. who knows yeah. but it works funny thing too with everyone being like it's so bizarre and wow, interesting. how peculiar. So strange. And they're also excited about it. Yeah. And while I'm here, I may as well get $100 worth of roses. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, who makes those shopping decisions? That's how I buy things at the grocery store. Like, oh, this is a strange and interesting banana. I may as well get a loaf of bread while I'm here. <laughs> $100 worth of loaf of bread. <laughs> I don't get it. I do not get it. Um, so basically, this plant becomes like the moneymaker and Mushnik now is like, Seymour, never leave the store and take care of this plant. Um, and then we have Rick Moranis singing again about how he has done everything that he can for this flower, but nothing works. And oh my God, Brie, this scene where he pricks his finger and then like, I don't even want to say it out loud, like decides to just like suck the blood off his finger is disgusting. (laughs) This is the thing of nightmares. Oh, it's making a little with the lip. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it. Being somebody who I I either don't remember when I first watched the movie or I just feel like I've known for my whole life that this is a talking plant. I cannot imagine how unsettling it must have been for you to realize, holy crap, those are lips. Yes, Brie. Yes. (laughs) I wrote, if your plant wants blood, that's probably a bad sign. Right? So many red flags. That one. And then also skipping ahead to when they are going on the radio and the plant is like trying to bite that lady's butt off. Yes. And he's like wrestling with the plant in the chair. I'm like, I what? think that's a sign that this plant is too much. This yeah, like maybe, maybe, maybe kill it now. Maybe, maybe. kill it now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like this could have ended. I mean, I've, I've uncovered so many movie plots that could have just ended so much more quickly if we just did one thing. And this is the one thing that Rick yeah. Moranis could have done right. is just kill the plant. Holy shit. This plant needs, needs blood. Holy I should shit. probably kill yeah. it. That's very scary. Yeah moves and talks and is alive and sings back at me it's very terrifying i do i'm a plant expert i know a lot of things about plants human blood is not something that they should be able to subsist on no oh god 
Awful. Um, I did see that this film inspired, speaking of feeding this thing, uh, this film inspired a children's game called Feed Me, where you took, it was from, uh, uh, I forgot who, I think Hasbro. Um, you There is a uh, Audrey 2 looking plant, so that type of thing, and the mouth mechanically opens and closes, and you just have to take small little beads and presumably like fill up his mouth and like randomly it will decide to bite down on your fingers ah so that's like crocodile dentist yeah i was gonna say i feel like this game exists it's like one of of those board games that are yeah it's like for children yeah very much for children but it was in the 80s called feed me was it was it official um little shop of horrors like licensed merchandise or was it just very inspired so I don't think so. I would have to look it up. And now I'm remembering it's not Hasbro. It was Milton Bradley. Um, I don't think it was, but it definitely was like images are similar to like Little Shop of Horrors, copyright, copyright. So um, I'm not sure. But it definitely it's like, well, what else is this going to be? Just like, oh, I happen to make a game that looks strikingly similar to this weird ass plant that right. was in this movie. So yeah, I don't know. Huh. I don't know if it's still around, though. I'll have to find out. I have not played that game. Me either. But it's next game night. Seems terrifying, right? <laughs> yeah, next virtual game night we will play. Get your well, thing, if if it's a bead thing, you can just kinda like toss them into the mouth from across the room. Yeah, but these are like these were small children, so like I think the point of them dropping it in the mouth of the the plant and well, then they snaps want it down. to bite you. Yeah, I mean you're I don't know if that's how you win or lose. I just watched like a bad commercial for it on YouTube. But uh it it just snaps down. It's like croc. It's like all those like. Oh no! I stuck my hand in. Yeah, it's those oh, kind of. You games. know what? I hate crocodile dentist. I, I I can see that. I can feel it in your tone. <laughs> well, don't worry. I feel like Feed Me is no longer a game, so you can okay. still have this movie in peace, which is good. I did read too. Um, I have this cool fact about Audrey too. I feel like I will just say it now. So they made. Audrey 2 is a puppet. I did not know that. I honestly thought it was going to be like CGI'd or something. There was no CGI well, in this film. It was 1984. Was well, I thought that they had something. They have that kind of technology-ish, I think. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> a lot of benefit of the doubt. Well, if, even if they did, they decided not to use it. So please do go on. That is true. So they chose not to use any of that and instead um, made six different Audrey 2 puppets at the different sizes. And then they made like flower shop sets and used force perspective to show different heights of the plant, which is like a lot more thought than I initially thought they put into this film. Movie magic. Yeah. It's so much magic, but this was all puppeteering and not, I really thought it was going to be like computer generated, like all those tentacles when the, or not tentacles, but when the the vines, you know, wrap around people and move around and open the doors and close the doors, that's all puppeteering. Yeah. Well, you noticed who directed the movie. I did. It's Mr. Frank Oz, which was one of my um, other things I remember writing down is I want a 
Little Shop of Horror Space Balls crossover <laughs> because we've got Frank Oz and we have John Candy and Mc- Rick Moranis. And there's a scene actually all the way at the end when Seymour is like trying to kill Audrey 2 when uh, Audrey 2 punches him in the like in the balls and there's a whole thing in Spaceballs about like hitting people in the dick. So we're already halfway there. See, I get, and to this day, and I even asked myself the same question when I watched this movie recently, does he actually, like, it looks like he actually gets him in the genitals, but I feel like if he actually did, like, he would be dead. Yeah, like, he should have died. Right? Because it looks like, like it goes directly into his pants. Am I wrong? No, I. it looked to me like it was like a punch. Like, he just, like, whacked him. Like, I thought he should have right. went down. Right, same. Okay, cool. But yeah, I think he, I don't, maybe not died. That's a little dramatic. But yeah, he should have gone down at least. Unless he came prepared. Maybe he was wearing a cup or something. I mean, you should bring your proper protection if you're going into a giant mutant alien plant fight. Duh. So my grandma <laughs> uh, More force perspective uh, fun facts. I yes. learned that at the very beginning when he first realizes that this plant eats human blood and opted to continue feeding it. Uh, heaves are the first few drops and it starts to grow on the nightstand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was more forced perspective where they actually had the, the flower on like a little conveyor belt that was hidden by the pot and they just pulled it closer to the, to the camera. Oh. It in that made it look bigger. That's smart. Sounds I didn't even think about that. That's cool. Wow. So much, so much physics, technology, movie magic. I love that. That's yeah. so fun. Um, so yeah, once this plant starts growing and like apparently maybe talking at this point and like moving on its own, which is terrifying, uh, he takes it to the radio station where, um, I don't know, honestly, I don't remember his character name, but John Candy is the, the host of the radio show. Weird Wink Wilkerson. Oh, I'm so sorry. Weird Wink Wilkinson. Weird Wink Wilkinson. Say that a hundred times fast, man. Uh, so Wink has all these crazy people with crazy stuff on their on his show. The plant is perverted and wants to bite the lady's butt, as we talked about. Very creepy. Uh, and, like, I don't know. This kind of just makes it more famous and popular and leads down the road of, like, he becomes very famous and all these people want Audrey too. And that's a plot point that comes around later. Mm-hmm. And then we cut over... I was like, I'm looking at my notes like, what? We cut over. Audrey is wearing a makeshift sling out of like a lace scarf. Yes. And this is also when she's wearing her cow dress, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. It's not literally cow print, but it looks so much like cow print. Yeah. It's an interesting wardrobe choice. I don't know if this resembles Audrey's wardrobe in the stage version of the show. Unsure. Hmm. Can't confirm. That's right. More digging to do. But yeah, she's wearing this like weird dress. She's got this like makeshift sling that she's wearing out of clearly whatever she could find in her closet. And this is where, again, uh, Mushnik is like, "Uh, your boyfriend's trash. And she (laughs) said, I can't break up with him. If he does this to me when he likes me, imagine what he'd do when he's mad. That's bad. Oh, yes. That's really bad. But like... But, like, poignant and true for a lot of people who are in abusive Mm -hmm. relationships. 
Yeah. That's a very common way of thinking. And so, mm so sad. So very sad. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I just don't, it's, I understand why it's in the film, but I also just was really sad because like you said, that is, uh, that is not made up situation for some people. Not great. For sure. And then we meet her boyfriend. We do. Oh my God. Oh my God. I cannot wait to get to this, get to meeting the boyfriend. Um, she has a whole song about basically really liking Seymour, but she's in a relationship to which I say, I hope you can break out of that relationship. And thankfully she does at one point. Yay. Mm-hmm. This is where she's belting a lot. Like we were talking about earlier. Weird, awkward, squeaky, belt, not belt. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I think she was just trying to be Audrey but also be like, wait, but I don't want to come off as a bad singer because I right. want a future in Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Seymour, uh, we cut over the Audrey, or Audrey 2 is huge and Seymour has bandages all over his fingers and things because he is running out of blood basically to feed to this plant. Again, red flag, if you're getting anemic because you have to feed your plant with your own blood, Maybe you should get rid of the plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like maybe. I'm not a doctor, but I feel like that's something normal. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Seymour forgets a delivery. This just killed me. He runs in the back and he goes, Audrey, we have to do an emergency floral arrangement for a funeral. And she goes, okay, uh, I got it. She puts like five lilies in a vase and throws glitter on it and is like, that's it. (laughs) I wrote that down too. Glitter. Worst arrangement ever. It's awful. And it's for a funeral. Also, there is – I would be remiss if I did not talk about this. So the funeral is for – the, or, I'm sorry, the funeral is not for the director. The director of the funeral home calls and says, you forgot my order. His name is Mr. Shiva. Shiva is a Jewish word, uh, and it is for part of the like mourning ceremony when or mourning uh, process when someone dies in the Jewish faith. So that was just a bit of a, I don't know if that's a not red herring. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Like a little Easter egg that was slid in there. Slid in there. So little Jew shout out. Nice, very fun. But yeah, I learn all I need to know from Audrey about arranging flowers for a funeral. You just take lilies and throw glitter at it. Well, and also the, the black bow around the vase, I think is vital. Yes. Yes. Very tasteful. Yeah. Very, very tasteful. Um, <laughs> Audrey says she has to go on a date. She has to turn Seymour down. And Mr. Mushnick says, what kind of professional wears a leather jacket and rides a motorcycle? Cut to... Steve Martin wearing a leather jacket, riding a motorcycle with jet black hair. What? Yep. And seeing this weird with this like weird side mouth Elvis-esque sort of thing going on. Yeah. I have so many thoughts on this. (laughs) Obvious green screen action. Oh my God. (laughs) So first of all, when you it cuts to Steve Martin sitting on a motorcycle, like you said, gr- definitely green screen, fan blowing at him to make it look like he's riding his motorcycle towards the viewer. Um, I looked at him and I was like, this guy looks familiar. 
And I paused the movie and because I was watching it through Amazon Prime, it gives you a little like, oh, these are the actors that are currently on your screen. And when Steve Martin's face popped up, I was like, no way. I didn't recognize him with jet black hair and this awful like jerry curl Elvisy thing going on. Yeah, that doesn't go away. I, I, every single time I watch this movie, I always forget he's in it. And they cut to this green screen motorcycle scene. I'm like, oh, yeah. Awesome. Like, what? <laughs> it is, it, it was unreal. His Elvis, pseudo Elvis impression was terrible, in my opinion. I love Steve Martin. But, like, no, sorry, buddy. This just didn't work for you. Uh, he sings about becoming a dentist, even though he just really likes to hurt people. He sings about becoming a dentist because he just likes to really hurt people. Yeah, it's a really interesting plot line. Dentists get paid to make people feel awful. It's just... Apparently. Apparently. I have a very good dentist. This is not a... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. My dentist isn't like that, so... I don't know what they teach you as a DDS, but it's not how to do Elvis impressions. That's clearly, clearly. It's just such an interesting character decision. Like I wish I was in the room when they were sitting and trying to brainstorm like, okay, what is, what kind of character is the asshole boyfriend? I know a terrible dentist that's in it to like basically make people feel pain. Yeah. Who also read Michael. Yeah, of course. Yeah. With a leather jacket. Yeah. The um shot though when he's singing his song and there's the shot from inside the guy's mouth. That is the most disgusting thing. I I was just about to say that to you actually. How did you know? Oh my god. Why are we inside someone's mouth? Because because movie magic. Because cinematography. Ugh. Ugh. It's also like not the right scale at all because like you can see his shoulders up and like it's in a mouth. It's awful, people. It's awful. awful, so awful. Small and the drill just like comes in and gets super big. And oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate everything. Oh, it's so gross. This movie had some gross moments that I was not expecting. <laughs> the horrors is literally dripping blood. In yeah, clearly. First, I've got like mouth noises from Rick Moranis. And then I have an inside the mouth shot with Steve Martin with black hair. Mm-hmm. Like this is the thing of nightmares. What else would you ask for? Ugh, I know. Uh, fun, cool fact I learned: the girl who leaves the dentist's office during his—I uh, think it's during the song, or maybe shortly after—that um, has the big like head contraption thing. Oh, she's just like, oh, yeah. So that is Jim Henson, the Jim Henson, his daughter. So that's really fun. And then the puppeteer who designed and then ultimately operated the giant Audrey 2 and I think a couple of the other ones was Jim Henson's son, Brian, and Jim Henson's like puppet company helped make the other Audrey puppets. So lots of Jim Henson floating around this movie. That makes sense. Was Jim Henson directly involved at all? Do you know? I don't think so. I wonder if he was involved in making the puppets, but it didn't say – I didn't see anything about him being directly involved, but it, since it's his company, I don't know how much else he was taking care of at the time. But. Yeah. No, the the thing with uh, – I guess apparently his daughter with the – in her mouth was when yeah. Murray shows up for his appointment, which uh, 
Oh, Bill Murray in this movie. Oh my god. Un unreal. I wasn't expecting him at all. It's oh, it's awesome. Another person who I always forget in this movie. So, uh, for all you folks listening at home to your um, sadistic dentist, you must of course have your masochistic patient. Of course. Uh, There's always so, one. Yes, of course. And so Bill Murray is just this guy who like gets off on dental work and just like oh my god getting tortured in the dental chair and he's so excited for his appointment and he's going in he's like adjusting the light himself he's putting his own bib on he's like in his mouth. oh so funny i wrote down i think i just watched a bill murray steve martin sex scene in my notes <laughs> because mean, i was like i don't know what just happened <laughs> but like yes it's oh god. a sexual thing it's so terrifying. I did read that um, the only thing that was scripted between, but like in this scene with the two of them, was the conversation in the waiting room, and the rest was just Bill Murray like ad libbing, which isn't surprising, right? Like he was just like bullshitting and ad libbing the like the whole thing, and so it made editing really hard because all these takes were so different when he was in the chair that they had to like piece things together to make it look like one scene. So wait, so like the story that he was randomly going telling about, I, I forget already, but his yeah, mom his like last dentist or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that was all supposedly like all of that was ad libbed. That he oh. just kind of like went off and and did his own thing. Well, then hey, like a million props to Stephen Mark Steve Martin for being yeah. able to uh, keep a straight face and stay in character during. Yeah. The- I- I think when I mean like I just watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Steve Martin like when you're such a good comedian and an actor like you respect like other comedians that are in your space and just like let them go and you don't you don't ruin the take like you do everything in your power not to ruin it so I think that I mean I would have to go back and look now knowing that it's ad lib to see if maybe like one of them breaks or turns quickly away from the camera because that's always a sign Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh God, that was that was just too funny. That was a nice little comedic reprieve from Torture Dentist. Yeah, I, I, and it's an important character. Don't ask me why, but it's included in the stage show. It's included in the original movie that the stage show was based off of. Uh, in the original movie, apparently, it was played by Jack Nicholson. What? Yes. Oh my gosh! And I actually re- watched a couple scenes from the original movie, like the 1960 The Little Shop of Horrors mo- film that was not a musical. Um, and Jack Nicholson plays the masochistic patient. And then also the way that the plot rolls out, Seymour goes to kill the dentist and they get into this weird like fencing battle with syringes. And then Seymour kills the dentist. It looks like he stabs him with a syringe, but whatever, kills him. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Nicholson shows up, winds oh his appointment and mistakes Seymour for the dentist. And so oh. now Seymour is like drilling this guy's mouth like oh this is so weird and jack nicholson is like yes more yes ah it was bizarre interesting this is such a weird plot line yep but but every iteration that person's always there that's bizarre that's very bizarre now i feel like i need to go back and watch the original one and then compare notes on these two good luck the parts that i watched were incredibly boring because there was no music and it was in black and white (laughs) the music does do a lot um for this film which i mean we've already noted a bunch of the songs but i do i did enjoy this as a musical film 
I didn't think I was going to, to be honest, because I was like, oh, do I really want to watch a musical like on my television? But I did really enjoy it. It was nice. The song I did not enjoy was Feed Me Seymour, because that's terrifying. Oh, Feed Me All Night Long. Oh, it's yeah. just creepy. It's just very creepy. I don't, yeah. I don't like it. Um, and this is where we find out that Audrey 2 can talk and sing. And AKA, this is where Jackie finds out that Audrey 2 can talk and sing and was like, the fuck. <laughs> yes. Maybe this is the next red flag. Hmm. Who knows? Um, yeah. It's asking you to kill a person. Yeah. Just casually. Right. Like go right. out and find someone to kill. Uh, and this is because it was immediately after we watched Steve Martin. Uh, we finally get to see Steve Martin treat Audrey terribly um like emotionally abusive very strong hints of physical abuse um and so this is where audrey too is like well hello like here's your perfect opportunity to go kill someone you don't have to kill yourself to feed me you can kill this guy in song right of course and then seymour was like yeah yeah okay yeah it sounds good like not a great idea um, Seymour does have an emotional song moment about having reservations about killing someone for the plant, which we're almost there, bud. Almost there. Almost there. Yep. Telling the line and then dragged right back in. The thing I didn't understand is why Audrey 2 didn't just eat Seymour and call it a day. Well, because that wasn't enough, I don't think. That's like, true. He wasn't able, like, the plant wasn't able to, like, move and walk on its own until after it eaten spoilers, the dentist and uh, the boss. That's true. Yeah. Maybe it needed more. Power. How does it know? Well, I guess it would know. Who knows? I'm trying to get into the mind of a plant that eats people. My bad. <laughs> so Seymour does it, which is, well, I'm sorry. Seymour does not kill the dentist. We need to be clear about this. Yes. He happens to be there when he dies. <laughs> right. I think is by design. So that way you still think that Seymour might be completely guiltless in this whole. Shabbat. Yeah. Cause I think Not if he did. But... Yeah. Cause if he did go kill the dentist, then you would kind of hate him and be like, Oh, you're the worst. And we don't want you to end up with Audrey. But now it's like, well, he died. So you may as well take advantage of the, the food opportunity, I guess. Right. Yeah. So oh, and the, the part when Seymour's like, what did I do to you? He says, it's not what you did to me. It's what you did to her. <laughs> he said, oh, her. And he like stopped laughing for a second and then he died. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit of sympathy there. Yeah. But maybe I- there was a glimmer of recognition in his eyes that he messed up. Is it? I was going to say, is he that? aware <laughs> i like to think so but maybe that's just me being super optimistic yeah i was gonna say that's i'll i'll allow it um to be very optimistic i will say that was not my impression uh when it happened but maybe in the perfect world he realized all the errors of his ways in that exact moment and then died uh, he was and, absolved of everything and then yeah died and then was and chopped was, with an ass and fed to a plant mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep totally normal totally normal uh the next morning, though, Seymour finds Audrey after she talks to the police and she kind of explains, like, he's, you know, my boyfriend's missing. I don't know what happened. They're suspecting foul play. And Seymour's response, instead of being like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, even though I know exactly where your boyfriend is, was, well, 
is it that bad if he died? Really, though? <laughs> Dude! Yeah. You yeah. can't. You literally can't do that. Even though he was a jerk and you know exactly how he died and where his body technically is inside of your plant, you can't just be like, well, it's no big deal that your boyfriend died. Except for, I mean, luckily for him, Audrey's next point is, you know, actually, you're right. It is probably a good thing. <laughs> I don't So this is cool. Very true. Um, and they sing suddenly see more together which i'm very excited to now be able to listen to nonstop because i love a good belting duet uh so now that i've seen this i can belt it and sing it along i'm very excited yep and there are a bazillion different iterations out there with different casts and different recordings so do not worry you do not have to sing like ellen green oh i'm so happy i'm excited also because you and i have a history of singing musical duets together i'm excited for us to do this as well someday oh for sure I could be I could be a suddenly Seymour. I'm not mad about that. Oh, whatever. I'm I'm good with whatever. So we'll make it happen. Uh, and yeah, they sing and they kiss. Yay! Yay happy ending. Yay, oh, not really. <laughs> no way. We still have to resolve stuff with this evil plant that eats oh, blood. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So I wrote um, because this is the scene where Mushnik comes down to Seymour's little like apartment room in the flower shop. And I said, wait a minute, does Mushnik know that Audrey too can talk and eats people? And then I was like, oh, wait, like my question is answered kind of because like he only saw Seymour chopping up the boyfriend, but nothing else. Right. So, so he thought that he just killed the boyfriend because he uh, was obsessed with Audrey when in fact he killed the boyfriend and also was obsessed with Audrey, but it was to feed the plant. Obviously. And if he doesn't have the plant, then Audrey won't love him, which is stupid logic, Seymour, just for the record. He's, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, what so bad. But Mushnik tries to just threaten him to go to the police, but then, like, it pivots to killing him, but then pivots again, like, to you leave town and I'll keep the plant, which I feel like... I feel like wasn't the best option. I don't know. It was just a weird pivot. Right. Well, I mean, but also keep in mind, he has absolutely no idea how to keep this plant alive. Like he probably just right. thinks it's like a fertilizer and you water it twice a week and that's it. And so he wants all the fame and notoriety. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense for him to be like, hey, this is going to be 100% my plant now in my flower shop and you can just get out of my way and like, don't come back here. Milo for a little while, 30, 40 years, and then come back. So I think it makes sense. I think, especially in the, uh, especially in the dynamic of his character and kind of what they made him so far, wanted to be, you know, obsessed with money and sales and all those things. Mm -hmm. It tracks, I think. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of his, because he doesn't, we talked about this earlier, that he doesn't have much of a character development in this film. He's just driven by money and success in his shop and now that he's seeing that that success is not technically his even though it looks to me like Seymour isn't making anything out of this anyway because he's still living in the basement of the flower shop but whatever yeah. but in any case so, after that is when he starts getting like contracts and mm-hmm. deals for lecturing tours and a tv show and all this stuff so it does happen it does but only after Audrey 2 eats Mr. Mushnick and I would call this assisted murder on Seymour, just for the record, because Seymour walks him, like, sees what's happening. Like, Audrey's mouth is, or Audrey 2's mouth is wide open, ready to go. 
and he walks him right into that trap. So you know, like I don't know if I would go so far as to call him an accomplice. I mean, I don't know my legal jargon, but is there such a thing of being like an accessory to murder? Like he clearly saw it coming and did nothing to stop it, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that he actively did anything to cause it. I mean, what's also nice though is when you have a demon plant that actually killed him, you get to point your finger and be like, it was the demon plant and everyone will like believe you. (laughs) Everyone will believe you when you say it's the demon plant? Well, I mean, after we see this demon plant go crazy, because that does happen. But yeah, not at this moment. No, because at this point. Okay. I thought the police were going to come knocking, be like, hey, where's your box? And he was going to be like, oh, the plant did it. And they would say, that makes sense. All right, cool. Yeah, no, like later, once it gets way too big and stuff, it's like, oh, the demon plant, like it was crazy. Oh, no please come save me, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So yeah, Mushnick dies. Womp womp. But Seymour gets a lot of money. Well, not money. Offers for money. And he gets overwhelmed. And all the cover photos of Rick Moranis are beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) They're just, they're that glasses askew, baffled book, like classic Moranis. It's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like poster outtakes, basically. Like all of these. So that's probably where they got it. Save themselves some money. I think um, so. But that song, The Meek Shall Inherit, with the um, the urchins doing the like typey type dance. Um, yeah. One of my favorite songs in the whole show. And there's actually yeah. like a whole another verse to it. There's like a whole thing that Seymour sings where you actually get to hear his internal monologue between like, this is a bad idea. I really need to kill this plant. Like, this is all over. But wait, they're not oh. real unlikely anymore. Like, it makes it a lot more clear, I think. But when they did it for the movie, they made that, like, verse into this weird, like, fever dream sort of scene. He's, like, running through columns and there's smoke and there's yeah. blood and, like, Audrey is running past him and, like, hugging the plant. It's it's a whole weird thing. Um so I don't like how they how they did it, and I'm I get why they cut it, but it also makes me really sad because that's honestly one of my most favorite musical par- parts of the whole show. Is oh part. bummer! I'm really sorry to hear that, both for you and for like all other viewers, because I agree it was that was a weird scene to me, and it felt out of place. Like it didn't make sense. It didn't feel like the same. Like it was almost like a the director was sick that day, and you had like a substitute director come in, and they're like, "I'm going to do this my way." It's like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I guess." Like I'm here. Um, that's really sad. I wonder if it was like for time or something on the sh- on the movie. I'm partially for time, I bet, and also partially, it was really weird to watch it because, of course, it's available on YouTube, and so I watched it, and mm. it was not greatly done. It was awkward. It was kind of campy. Um, I totally get why they ended up not keeping it, but I wish they had done something else with that one verse because it's so yeah. good. Well, they shoved it in to one line by Seymour because I did write it down about how he's like, I don't know what to do. If I don't feed it, it'll die and I will lose Audrey, which again is bad logic because really, like you really think that's why she's with you. Like the bar was set with annoying, terrible Steve Martin. Like the reason why she likes you is because you're not, a terrible dentist. Right. Who literally beats her. Yeah. Which is again, very bad. Uh, but he kind of explains this to Audrey and she's like, Hey idiot. No, I like you. 
not the plants? Question mark. All the bows. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, dude. Seriously. <laughs> right. If you want them for your money. Yeah, clearly not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And oh, that's why yeah. Seymour's like, wait. Let's get married now. I'll do the TV thing tomorrow. Take our money and run. And it's like, yeah, do that, dude. Like, take your money and get out of here. Let the demon plant, like, seemingly chill here forever, even though we learn later that it can move, which is terrifying. And then here comes the number one most frustrating scene of this entire film, in my opinion. Tell me more. He's sneaking out, so he's got his two little bags, and he's sneaking out. We got this nice sneaky sneak. He's tiptoeing over all the vines. Audrey, too, appears to be sleeping. We're all good. He puts his hand on the door handle, and he, Audrey goes, feed me. And what does this guy do? He closes the door, puts yep. it on his suitcase, faces the plant, and goes, absolutely not. And then let the plant talk him into feeding him, and he goes, fine, I'll go to the ground round. I don't know if he's going to the ground round to get him food or if he's getting him ground round. I'm honestly not sure. But he's like, fine. <laughs> Give me some food. I'll be right back. Sit tight. Like, dude, you had one hand on the doorknob. Yeah, like, just, to literally just walk away. Just walk out. You were right there. Again, we don't know at the time, but it is a plant. It can't follow you. See me. And you already know that, um, you already know that Audrey likes you for you. We've established this already. Right. So, what, why are you doing this now? There's no rational reason for him to do that. And that part just, ugh, grinds my gears. I agree with you there. I thought you were going to say what drove you nuts was how does Audrey 2 know how to A, open a cash register, B, that you need a quarter to operate a phone, C, Audrey's phone number? (laughs) How? How? Tell me. Explain to me. I think that my brain is always so full of rage that (laughs) we're stopped to talk to this plant and let him talk talk him into getting him food. That I honestly never thought of that. Ever. I'm like, wait, I'm sorry, what? This plant is going to somehow open? As a human half the time, when I worked all those retail jobs, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can give you change for that $10 bill. Uh, How do I open this cash register? Like, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. And how did, like, you're a, it's a plant. But I guess, I mean, it knows how to sing and talk. So, like, no, but you lost me an artist's phone number, though. You're right. Even if it happened to sit in the store for long enough that it watched someone open the till and it watched someone use the payphone and it figured out the mechanics, how would it know Audrey's phone number? Right? Like, and no, then yeah, Audrey's so stupid and, and answers it because she thinks it's like, how do you think that's Seymour? This dude has the sexy, deep voice thing going on, and you're confusing that with Rick Moranis? <laughs> really, girl? But pause. <sighs> she then looks across the thing and she sees this plant is laughing at the window with these pointy pointy teeth and she goes oh my goodness i should definitely walk across the street and go into that shop yes girl what are you doing this is like um in horror movies you know when you yell at the character like what are you doing or like that commercial that's been out lately from maybe progressive or something where they're like why don't we just get in the moving car and they're like no we have to hide behind the chainsaws like this is hiding behind the chainsaws yes yes and i have to say for a i guess horror not a horror movie but for a movie about something horrible happening they do a fairly fairly good job up until this point of like okay i can kind of see why they did it this way it's not the way that i would have done it it's definitely not a good idea we've talked about red flags but you clearly have poor self-image and no self-esteem and Mm -hmm. whatever 
but come on now you lost me yeah no this is this is too much for me this is where it gets like we're just forcing the terror and they couldn't come up with a more creative way to have the two of them in that building i mean audrey has to become the damsel of distress apparently um so that seymour can save her and they can continue to be in love um but yeah i just don't i don't understand why it needed to be like i called the plant called me on the phone and i came over to see what was going on right and it started creepily seeing to me and filling me up and so what Mm -hmm. did i do i hung around for a little while longer and decided to give it some water yeah these characters are just not smart but after she gets eaten and Seymour comes back to save her, her boobs look great after being eaten. Uh, if we may, her boobs look great the entire movie. They did. She, they did. As a BMI, oh my God, she must be like 0.6% body fat. Yes. Oh my God. Like, it's like boobs. It's just like her silhouette is just uh, like vertical and then this boob right at the top. It's like, I don't even know. I know they said they didn't use CGI, but I wonder if they like slightly CGI'd her neck to make it a little longer. Because like she's just got a very long, thin neck and like a really like defined collarbone. Like I think I got too distracted by Ellen Green's body in this film for some reason. I don't feel weird admitting that. No, I mean, it's it's bonkers. I think that the cuts of her dress and then the cut of her bob don't help because they leave her neck just wide open because her bob cuts off right below her ears. And her necklines are always very sloping. That is true. They do put her in a lot of like deep U, not DVs, but like deep U shape collars of dresses. But yeah, she looks great this whole movie, but especially after being eaten. It's like, you know how when there's like the characters that go to sleep and then wake up the next morning, they look fabulous. Like this girl just got eaten by a demon flower and she looks great. So, oh, yeah. Yep, she's got a little little bit of a like cuts on her on her arms for for drama. But yeah, for drama. Her hair is slightly tousled, like it's a little askew, but otherwise looks stellar. She may have like one black mark on her face, perhaps, but other yeah. than that, all this complexion. Yeah, like uh, whatever. But she still looks great. Um, there after this like drama and Seymour like finds her and saves her. This dude comes by and is like. Hello, I would like Audrey 2's everywhere, please. And they're yeah. like, no, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Which finally, thank goodness, finally, someone oh says, no. Yeah, like, stop. He finally says, like, oh, maybe I should kill it. For me to be like, you know what? Maybe this wasn't the best idea I've ever had. Yeah, maybe I should make this end because not only is my life miserable, I've now seen it eat two humans, both at my hand technically like well i would think that i mean mushnik is one thing it kind of slurped mushnik up like spaghetti but you dismembered a human being and tossed chunks of its corpse into this thing's mouth yeah i don't know how much like emotional trauma seymour needs to work through in therapy after hacking a human body into pieces because that is not easy to do I would argue all of it. I would say all of the therapy is necessary. Yeah. Every yeah, therapy yeah. you offer. Yeah, maybe they'll run away into their matchbox house and get a therapist for mm-hmm. the two of them. Audrey's got to go through some therapy as well. Oh, hell yeah. mm-hmm. She's got four to finish too. But anyway. Is that what Little Shop of Horrors 2 looks like? <laughs> it's just the two of them on a, on a therapy couch talking yeah, it out. Yeah, going, just going to therapy all the time. I love it. So this was my question to you, the expert of this film. The plant 
plan this the whole time? It sounds like it. To like take over the world? Oh, that, yes. The plan definitely plans to take over the world. I don't know if it picked Seymour specifically as its target accessory, accomplice, whatever, um, because of his personality and situation, mm. but it definitely plans to take over the world. Interesting. I wonder when this plant or when this when this plant. Oh, my gosh. I wonder when this plan was developed because seemingly this like plant was created because of the total eclipse of the sun. It is so hard to not say total eclipse of the heart. Um, And so I don't know if like when did this thing have a brain? When did it start to say I would like world domination, please? Like it just feels like a very fast timeline. Like this guy is very speedy. Yeah, well, my thought was that the total eclipse of the sun is what allowed the plant to travel to Earth. But the plant oh. is just an alien. It's just a freaky alien plant. He's a mean green mother from out of space. And he's mad. That is true. So, See, I interpreted the sun, like, giving up a, a, a normal plant, like, superpowers. A la, like, S- Superman, Spider-Man, like, that kind of vibe. Like, it was, like, normal human turned super versus, like, the plant came from space to earth but that no, makes plant sense. definitely it showed up because in that super problematic song that he says how the plant was just tucked in there among the zinnias i know it hadn't been there before but the old chinese man sold it to me anyway for a dollar 95 so it definitely appeared newly oh dear well that so, makes yeah. more sense then so yeah it planned thing. it the whole time mm-hmm uh, but all the little flowers sing too. These are oh, so dude, cute. I love those guys. I love them so much. Oh my god! I read that it they needed over sixty different um, puppet operators to actually control the giant. It was twelve feet tall. That final Audrey oh. too. Um, they needed over sixty people to control like the main plant and then all the little flower plants. Oh yeah, I believe Which it. Is nuts. I believe it. And two, I meant to say this earlier, um, all of the scenes when there's an actor that's singing either like with or opposite Audrey 2 and they're in the same frame, they had to do it all at like half speed. So all the actors had to lip sing at half speed because I guess the puppet itself couldn't really move fast enough to make it look like natural. It was looking too robotic. And so they shot it all half speed and then sped it up to like for the actual end cut. So all these actors had to sing like slow. Movie magic. That's so smart. So much movie magic. But it took them forever, I guess, to then shoot a lot of these scenes where Audrey 2 and an actor are singing because they're doing it slowly. They had to do so many takes. Like mm-hmm. it took them a long time to get through these musical scenes. So very That's interesting. So that makes sense because I was watching a clip where Audrey 2 was singing and it was like, weirdly slow and so i was like that's so bizarre i wonder if something's like wrong with my internet connection or something (laughs) (laughs) nope it's just weird half speed like 16 frames per second or something weird like that Um, thank you for your service it's so interesting it's so interesting that's been probably was the most interesting fact i did not realize how much went into building this plant i really thought it was going to be mostly computer generated um you know, maybe some strings and things, but I was really impressed, one, by how natural it looks, but that makes more sense now that they shot it at half speed, but two, how, like, real it felt and not, like, fake. Yeah, no, the, I mean, the plant talking looks awesome. It looks so human. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's a really, really good job with it. Yeah, for sure. And that's probably yeah, as... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why this movie, from my biased opinion, uh, stands up for so long because you don't have to worry about technology becoming obsolete or bypassing it. Like it's always going to look this way and it Mm -hmm. looks awesome. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I feel like if they made this movie now, they would just try to CGI the hell out of Audrey too. And I'm sure it could look really good, but it would feel, it would feel like a CGI plant Mm -hmm. every time. So, so yeah, applause to, the team behind Audrey 2, the Jim Henson Company, and also Frank Oz for directing a great film. Yeah. Uh, but the wrap-up, Audrey 2, like, totally goes crazy and destroys the shop and can kind of walk and move now. Uh, there's that dick punch we talked about earlier. Uh, and Seymour is really smart and grabs this, like, exposed wire and electrocutes Audrey 2. And Seymour emerges victoriously. And there comes the worst graphic in the entire film. We just yes. talked about. We gave them so much credit for all. I know. I forgot about this. <laughs> he electrocutes the plant. It gets all like lightningy, which is really cool. And then mm-hmm. it just disappears. And there's like this iMovie clip art animation of an explosion. <sighs> yeah, that was really bad. I I actually forgot about that until you just started talking about. it. I'm like, oh, you're right. Um, yeah, that thing will just. Well, everybody makes mistakes. You know, yeah. everybody has a pass and this was their pass. <laughs> yes. Well, I have to say, I think that this ties very, very well. I think this ties very well back into the point I made way, way long ago when we started this journey about <laughs> how this ending is actually different from the way that the stage show ends. So, yes, I wanted to ask you where the differences were in the stage show. So Audrey does this lovely somewhere that's green reprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then gets eaten by the plant and dies. <gasps> uh, yes. So the, the place she's going that's green is inside the plant. It's kind of the, the play on words they're doing there. Oh. So um, Audrey gets eaten by the plant and dies. Uh, and then Seymour gets eaten by the plant and dies. And then the final number is called Don't Feed the Plants. And it's all about how you shouldn't feed the plants. And at least in the movie version, they have, you can find it online, the, the original ending, where it's the urchin singing don't be the plants and these plants are like overrunning the statue of liberty and like tower and like you can just tell that they're taking over the world and like destroying civilization everyone's running away screaming oh no explosions everywhere and that's the end oh my god that's so so different (laughs) and that's the way that the stage show ends the plant wins so obviously i was shocked but interesting they tried that out with test audiences and all the test audiences were like wtf and so they had to yeah. go back and do reshoots and they reshot the ending with Seymour winning. So I think that's why the animation is so crappy because they were just like throwing um, it together. Yeah. And they might've been like totally out of budget at this point because they already probably put some really good graphics into the plant eating two more humans and probably singing and all that oh, stuff. Oh, oh my gosh. And if you watch the alternate ending, like there's plants everywhere and they sing don't feed the plants on a loop for like an awkwardly long amount of time like it must have oh taken God. so long to that. wow okay now i really want to go watch it what is i mean that i get it like i think in a in a stage musical that ending is fine but for some reason in a movie like i just want a happy ending like just give me their matchbox house with the perfect lawn and marriage yeah. and betty crocker cakes and tupperware parties that was it. Yeah, she dreamed of Tupperware parties yeah. and like 
making cake. <laughs> but you Frank know Oz actually, Frank um, Oz said something about that too. He said that he thinks that the difference is in a stage show, the actors have a curtain call afterwards. So you're able to kind of say, oh, okay, they are, they're actually all okay. Like it's fine. Mm. It was all a joke or whatever. But with a movie, you can't do that. Like the movie ends, roll credits, everyone dies, have a nice night. That's true. Because then we're crossing into actual horror movie territory, I think, right? Because it's like, wow, everybody dies. Yeah. Huh. Wow. All right. Well, I'm really excited to go watch that. Uh, But yeah, so I guess in the movie version, they live happily ever after, as we said earlier, or do they? Because there's there's a small little Audrey, too, saying hello in their flower bed. So... Dun dun dun! That little smile that it gives again. Props to the puppeteers because that little like smirk at the end is just so mm-hmm. beautifully done. It's like you little mother effer. <laughs> but there's no little shop of horrors too, and I really don't think there needs to be. I agree. 100%. Because then it just becomes like a superhero type of thing where it's like, stand back, I'm going to defeat this thing again, and it's like, no, that's not. Rick Moranis is a lot of things, but I don't think he's a superhero. <laughs> no, yeah, you couldn't do it. I'm sure that Ellen Green would love to be Audrey one more time, but for the love of God, no. Yeah, like maybe on a fun little like uh, reunited like reunion tour, I would watch it. Like, let's just keep singing these same songs. But now nah, we don't we don't need Audrey back. I'm good. I'm good. Man, well, I learned that you shouldn't keep a plant if it feeds exclusively on your blood and or talks to you. Yep, rules to live by. I think solid solid advice. Yeah. We could have saved ourselves a lot of trouble. I know that a lot of folks picked up uh, some new hobbies during the pandemic. And friends, if your sourdough starter is talking to you, if your new plants are talking to you, any of that, please call the police and or kill it. Yes. Talk to your plants. Please do. Uh, They enjoy the oxygenation. They thrive off of good vibes. Mm -hmm. If they talk back, you must kill it with fire. Yes, you must. You must. And also, please call Bree and I because we want to talk to you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Bree, thanks so much. I'm excited to find another movie based on a musical, based on a book, based on a musical to talk to you about. You know where to find me. Howdy, folks. Jim, your favorite cowboy here. Sean's got the week off. Thanks for tuning in for Season 3, Episode 9 of Jackie Watcher Stuff. We're hosted by Jackie Vitrano and ostensibly produced by Sean Flynn, though I ain't seen him in weeks. Our guest this week was Bree Sampson. Bree wants you to know that Planned Parenthood supports the revolutionary idea that women should have the information and care they need to live strong, healthy lives and fulfill their dreams. Support them at PlannedParenthood.com donate. Jackie Watch Stuff is made possible by listeners like you. If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and share us with your family and friends out on the dusty trail. If you've got a couple of dimes to rub together, join our Patreon. It helps us cover the costs of this podcast and funds Sean's emergency botanist appointments. Visit patreon.com slash stuff for all the details. We'd like to take a moment to thank our Academy-level supporters on Patreon for their deep and abiding kindness. Thanks to Lindsay and Logan, Donna and Thomas, Hannah and Mick, Missy and Paul, Brianna and Jared, and Linda. 
Jackie Watcher Stuff is available wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at JackieWatcherStuff.com. You can also tell us what you think of Little Shop of Horrors on Twitter. We're at Jackie Watchers. Thanks for listening. And join us next time, won't you, when Jackie Watches Office Space. Ain't never been in an office. <laughs>